Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. So, welcome to show 81. Yay! Glad you took a break from packing the truck as we are just getting ready to leave for Cope. Central Ohio Perversion Excursion. Yes. This is an event put on by uh, one of the show sponsors, Adventures in Sexuality, mm-hmm. and uh, we will. We're heading over there tonight to finalize setting up the Scarlet Sanctuary. Yes. So we tomorrow get to... the event opens. I'm sorry, you're saying? Yeah, I was just going to say we get to do that tomorrow night, and a lot of people have been saying they've been looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So it should be a great time. It normally is. Normally is, and like I said, I've been keeping an eye on uh, the FetLife post, and everybody's been doing a countdown to the weekend and talking about how much they're going to enjoy it. Yep. Um, Before we leave for COPE, we have a podcast to do, though. We do. Tonight's podcast is going to be on pets. Yes. And uh, apparently a lot of interest in this topic. This is one we don't know a lot about. We don't know a lot about this one. So, um, and it's not what you think it is. (laughs) (laughs) No. No bestiality on the show. This is about um, people as pets, I suppose. (laughs) Or people... um, what is that pagan term? Um, one of them that I can think of is shape-shifting. Could be, could be. So actually shape-shifting, like drawing in the energy of the That's pet. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. But we've got uh, Michael and Slave Angie to talk about that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Before we get there, I do want to send out a quick shout-out to our new friend, Silken Voice. Yes. Uh, Silken Voice, we we actually ran into Silken Voice and we uh, interviewed her for a podcast coming mm-hmm. up shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the next episode or one after that. She has a uh, a podcast herself and some erotica that she writes. Yeah, she gets to read the erotica, so and and she definitely has a Silken Voice. But uh, in getting to know her, she she made a comment about us uh, people like us putting themselves out there day after day, setting an example of ethical sexual exploration that empowers others. So that's just amazing. That's why we do this. That's what makes this fun. Yep, absolutely. And um, you know, every time we get a comment uh, from a listener that you know we've made their life a little better, mm-hmm. that they've found the courage to explore either either master slave dynamic or some kink. Or getting their partner to talk about their kink. Mm-hmm. Uh, always a wonderful thing. As a matter of fact, we did get a listener comment on the um, listener comment line. Okay. And I'll stick that at the end of the show. Nice. Um, just because it's, it's nice for us to hear it. And we listen to our own podcast. It is. We do. We listen to our own podcast. I'm surprised how much I listen to our <laughs> podcast. If I'm on a long trip and it's just me driving... I'll pop in our podcast so that I can hear your voice. Aww. I like it. That's very sweet. <laughs> Unfortunately, when I listen to our podcast, I go, ooh, I got to get rid of that S noise. And I wonder what kind of filter I can get that in. Um, recently, speaking of podcasts, there's another podcast out there called Sex is Fun. Now, we interviewed mm-hmm. the people from Sex is Fun some time ago. Right. And they put out, they have a couple card games. And we mentioned last week that they sent us some card games. Mm-hmm. They sent us four. 
So over the weekend, you and I sat on a bed in a nearby town mm-hmm. in a hotel, <laughs> and we pulled out one of the games. And the game we pulled out was Unpredictable. Yes. So, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We actually played the game as it's intended to be played. We did. And um, we actually, there's a uh, review, a full review of the game and our experience of it. And I will put that at the end of the show as well. Sweet. But the short version, the short review of Unpredictable, I think both you and I gave it a thumbs up. We found it to be fun. Um, looking forward to trying it again. And it's a game that you can do with two people, but you can do it with other people as well. Right. And out of the four games they sent us, it was the only one that could be done with two people. But uh, yeah, thumbs up for that one. Mm -hmm. It was short instructions, easy to play, and and a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And you're happy with the results? Yes. I'm happy with the results. Uh, beyond that, well, we have three more card games left to review from the Sex is Fun games. Mm-hmm. And you'll be um, interested to know that those games we cannot do, just two of us. So I noticed. Yes, so we need some help. If anyone is in a local to our podcast and would like to help us explore and review these games. Mm-hmm. This is not something we can do by Skype. <laughs> Very true. Uh yeah, and not the whole... That's not no. the whole... Online, no. So, in person, local. Mm-hmm. So, if you'd like to um, help us review a card game, get a hold of us, and we'll be doing that, putting that together fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, if, if we don't get podcast listeners that want to help out, then we're just randomly heading to a... Swing club! Swing club. Yay! And see if people there want to play games. Oh, if they're naughty games, I bet they will. These are very naughty games. <laughs> Uh, our question of the day today comes from a listener, mm-hmm. and they ask this. Um, they ask, what does it mean to be leather? Or in other words, what is the difference between kinky people and leather people? See, and that's a hard question to answer. We've actually looked at that a couple of times before. So it's kind of neat the question came in right after we ran for a leather title. Mm-hmm. So when our background, even though we started out there was kind of a leather community here, mm-hmm. and that's who our mentors were. So we got a good basis of protocol and things like that. And then that kind of dissipated, and the kink community came in more. So we have some background, but most of our background is kink. But well, we ran for a leather title-ish, kind of. See, actually, the, <laughs> the interesting aspect of this, our background is Neither the kink community nor the leather community per se, but the MS community. The MS, well, that's very true. And we spend more time in the kink community, or at least we had spent a lot more time in the kink community, uh, just learning skills and finding other MS people. Right. Part of that is because of the local leather community uh, was less visible and less available to us at that time. Mm -hmm. So, And that was like 10 years ago, so Mm -hmm. things have changed a little bit. So what do you think are the big differences between kinky people and leather people? Well, I'm still going to say that um, one of the ways of seeing the differences is by going to a kink event. (laughs) So I'm going to say that one of the ways of seeing the differences is by going to events. So there's kink events, there's leather events. So that's a way of seeing the, um, the kink people and the leather people all in a group. Mm-hmm. And that can kind of show you a little bit of the difference. Now, as we talked about before, if you just talk about what the events are like, they seem like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Leather events, kink event, basically you still have the same thing. 
when we go to COPE tomorrow, basically Friday night you check in, mm-hmm. there's a perhaps a keynote speech. Right. And then the dungeon opens and everybody plays. Right. Saturday you spend all day going to classes workshops and presentations and, and workshops. Right. Socializing. And, then, and socializing, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Then there's a break, then the dungeon open, everybody goes plays. Right. Or not everybody goes to the dungeon and plays. A lot of people go off and socialize. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday, you wake up, pack up, yep. go home, say goodbye, go home. Right. If it's adventures in sexuality, it happens to be in in the perspective that we're talking, it's more of a kink event mm-hmm. compared with this with a leather event, for example, GLLA, Great Lakes Leather Lines. Same thing, right? You show up Friday, basically. Right. Same thing. Basically the same thing. Some are some things are in a little different order. Like their mm-hmm. keynote speech was on the Sunday brunch instead of the Friday night opening. But still, it's the same pe- puzzle pieces. Right. But they're very different feeling events. They have a different energy and a different... Um, Atmosphere. Yeah. A, a different subset of people that... I see at leather events versus the people that I see at kink events. Mm-hmm. Say it goes true for presenters. Right. A lot of the presenters. Now, some are, some presenters you do see that work both circuits, but a lot of presenters you see in one circuit or the other. Right. So, And one of the things I mentioned before was um, one of the differences that you can see and is how people dress. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that lends to a different atmosphere, but it just does. A kink event, when we go, everybody be dressed up tomorrow night. It's mm-hmm. opening ceremonies. But Saturday, when it's time for workshops, there'll be shorts and flip-flops and sundresses and a lot of casual wear. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Greater Lakes, there's a lot of boots and leather vest and back patches right. and pins and a lot of, a lot of uh, mm, a pride in their yeah. leather. Oh, absolutely. And that's the word I would have used is a lot of more of a pride. And, and as I believe that the reason for that, it, or at least some people are going to suggest that that's a reflection of that the leather events are people that are there as a leather, as a lifestyle. Right. So they are dressing the way they wish they could dress all the time. And it's a lifestyle with a history. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people that are at these events, you know, I'm reading about how they've contributed to mm-hmm. the leather history, oh, yeah. you know, their accomplishments. You know, they've created master slave houses and training programs, and they do all kinds of charity work, and just they've designed flags to represent, you know, the MS community mm-hmm. and leather pride and all this stuff. But there's a lot of pride and a lot of st- structure, mm-hmm. even though and you tradition. don't always see that. A lot of tradition, a lot of um, ritual, mm-hmm. um, protocol. You know, things like that. So that's uh, a lot more evidence in the leather community, you're saying? Than... Yes. Now, we did recently, funny because we just did a podcast, History of BDSM. Mm-hmm. And the kink community obviously has a history. It has mm-hmm. a how it came about. And you could certainly look at the people that have been part of that kink community for a long time. Uh, people that have paved the way. Right. But I don't think people care as much in the kink community about the kink community's history. Where the leather community, history is part of that community. You're, mm-hmm. There's a little more of an expectation that you respect that history or yes. have some awareness of it. I think the leather community also, and this may come from where the leather community has more roots in, um, in a gay leather history. Right. Um, 
they have a little bit more of a forward thought, a little bit more of a how do we become more acceptable, more yes. accepted, more allowed to be visible. Mm-hmm. Now, um, again, this is not to say this is only in the leather community, only in the kink community, none of this stuff. Because, for example, Barrick, who runs half or is half of the running of Adventures in Sexuality, mm-hmm. very much talks about how can we become more accepted more visible, you know, more allowed to be as kinky as we want to be. So it's not to say that no one in the kink community cares about the future. Right. But. But the leather side seems to have built the structure. I mean, because they've already got a lot of the gay background where they've had to go from being ostracized as gay mm-hmm. males to accepted. So they've got a lot of the experience behind them to be able to know how to get this ball rolling. And mm-hmm. it's very important for them. Now, one of the things that, um, was that's often brought up when they talk about you know the difference between the two communities is that I've heard people say that they believe the leather community is more spiritual. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say I I don't know because I've seen ritual done at kink events, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Odyssey especially. So sure. it's very much got a lot of ritual there. And I've seen a ritual done at GLLA. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on the people that show up and the people that are involved in the events. I, right. I just don't know that one's more spiritual than the other. I've, I can certainly think of leather events that have not had ritual. That, and, and kink events that have not had ritual. Right. So I think um, I, would, I have a difficult time with the idea that one set of people mm-hmm. is more spiritual than the other set of people. I would say that... Um, there are plenty of cross-pollination with the kink community and the pagan community. Mm-hmm, so I've seen that. I don't know that I'm going to buy into the idea that one's more spiritual than the other. Um, but it would not surprise me in general that, to say that the average kink pers- can, person is there to enjoy the kink. Right. And the time, and once they're done, they're done. Whereas the leather people bring their life into it so maybe that's why their spirituality is more on the surface where Mm -hmm. people can see it and one of the the other things i've noticed where i was going with that is the leather community at least here in central ohio Mm -hmm. does a lot of fundraisers right the one of the ways that you gain um title in the leather community is what have you done for that community Mm -hmm. we went to the um ohio leather alliance yeah, uh, title competition OLA. not too long ago, right. and you know the people that were running for title had these long lists of mm-hmm. accomplishments. They've they've worked for this uh, HIV research organization, or they've given uh, toys volunteer for hours to and, to, right, right, right. They do a lot of bar runs and things like that, and there's and, usually a charity behind it. And that's a little more uh, or a little less common in the kink community. As a matter of fact, I would say that's pretty darned uncommon mm-hmm. in the kink community on the other hand though yeah i remember uh when one of our people in the community passed not too long ago here in central mm-hmm. ohio um i don't know that there i saw that much of a divide between whether it was the kink community or the leather community that was coming out to support what this person uh you know this person's family right and it was more it was just people yeah so you know, and we could probably go on and on about this. We could. So it's a very difficult question. You know, what is the difference between kinky people and leather people? 
I think in general, we can make a lot of comments. Well, in general, this, in general, that. And what we've seen and what we've seen here and there. And it still may be different from region to region. You know, there may be more cross-pollination in different regions. So this is just what we've seen. Now, I'm going to put this one out there for you. Okay. You tell me what you think of this. And we might get some flack about this one. I don't know. I would say that the leather community is far more... Uh, if I was a gay male, mm-hmm. I would be far more comfortable in the leather community than the kink community. Oh, I can see that. You know, and I wonder if it's because, and, and I'm always asking why, so I'm just going to throw that out there. But um, a lot of people with the history of BDSM and stuff, they'll tell you that the kink side came from the swing side. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, a lot of male-male contact, you don't see it on the swing side. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's true in the kink events that we've been to mm-hmm. where male male is just a lot more uh, you know i don't want to say it's uncommon i don't want to say that you know it's not normal but it's about as average as i would see in normal everyday society right right, right. whereas in the leather events we've been to it's much more prevalent yeah so, and, 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 and pe- natural and yep and common even you know it's like mm-hmm. just another you know if you're walking down the hallway and uh, there's a het couple making out and uh, a boy-boy couple making out. You know, it would be like, oh, okay, look. You know, it, it wouldn't be unusual at all. It wouldn't right. strike you as strange. Uh, so there's some of the things you could look at. Uh, obviously, the, the uh, leather community is based out of a gay leather uh, tradition mm-hmm. that has become pansexual. Right. Where the het, where, where, I'm sorry, where the kink community came from more of a het uh, swinger community. Right. So right. I think there's where some of the, the differences move from. Now, actually, uh, to for clarity's sake, the swinger community is a separate community altogether. Mm-hmm. Interesting where the master-slave lies in all this. The master-slave community can be found in bed with the leather community or, or the kink, the kink community. community. Right. And one of the things that we see in with the groups like MAST, which is Masters and Slaves Together, together. Mm-hmm. I would say our, uh, our good friends in Dayton MAST, they're right there in both camps quite comfortably. Yes. So there's some thoughts about that. And, and a disclaimer, you know, it, I hope we haven't said anything that says one's better than the other. Oh, absolutely so not. So we, we kind of have a, a foot in both worlds ourselves. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that um, as we continue to move along... And as title holders now, mm-hmm. in the leather community, I plan to go to just as many kink events as ever. And and, and I think that uh, Steve Linus points out in the book Life, Leather, and the Pursuit of Happiness something about leather phobia. And I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people misunderstand what the leather community is like. And I think that a lot of people in the leather community misunderstand how vibrant the kink community can be as well. I so, think so I hope that part of our educational mission continues to be to educate both sides of that and say there doesn't need to be two separate sides. Think about it, what a wonderful, strong, vibrant community we would have as we continue to, to grow closer together, become a single community. You know, wouldn't that be something? That would be awesome. So that was the question of the day for today. Yes. And part, there's a part two to this question, but we'll address that at a different time. And it talks a little bit about what our leather uh, or what our title and being a title holder is about for us now. So, yeah, that's a big topic, too. So we'll save it for another time. Uh, but if you have a question of the day and maybe the, your idea of a question of the day is more along the lines of um, blowjob techniques. <laughs> sure. 
Or what is a reverse cowboy? Ooh. Which we found out from our card game. Or the what was the other one? The rusty, rusty trombone. The rusty, rusty trombone. trombone. You're right. Yes. You're right. Yeah, so if you want to know what that is. <laughs> or any other question, feel free to get, contact us a variety of ways. Email Dane and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. We also have a comment form on the website. Facebook, Erotic Awakening, one word. Voicemail, 206-309-0054. On FetLife, you can find us as Erotic Awakening. And on Twitter, Dan and Dawn. Voila. Voila. And don't forget, I want to mention one more time, at the end of this podcast, there is going to be a full review of the game Unpredictable. Mm-hmm. The uh, deal with that was, uh, and you know what, I'm going to actually put together a podcast not too long from now. I'm going to call it the Disclosure Podcast. Okay. And it's going to be about um, the products that we review and the products that we don't review and okay. why we do things and you know why we talk about adventures and sexuality, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I just want to be very uh, clear with people what our dealio with that stuff is. For example, with the the uh, four card games we got from Sex is Fun, mm-hmm. they contacted us and said, hey, would you like to review our games? I said, I'd love to review your games. Send me your games. Right. And we'll give you an honest review. And that's the whole bargain you're getting out of us. Exactly. So uh, we've had opportunities in the past. And every once in a while, somebody will write us and say, hey, uh, we'd like you to review so-and-so product and we'll give you X amount of revenue from so-and-so product. And our response has been with, uh, and, and, you know, this is just because we're very fortunate. We, we're not pros, right? Right. This is not what we do for a living. This is fun. So we say, hey, you send me the product and I'll, I'll give you a nice, honest review of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, take your chances, though. It's yeah, a nice, you, you, honest you take review. your chances, right? <laughs> um, so... That's that. We'll do the disclosure to get the disclosure show someday okay. later. But for right now, we have to talk about pets. <laughs> and not the kitty cat that just tried to knock over my microphone. No, but you've done the, the whole <laughs> kitty cat thing yourself. I did. So, And this has been um, a long time ago. We had a, a high protocol dinner. And when we do high protocol dinners, we also incorporate some sort of entertainment. And the ponies that were part of the group wanted to do some pony play. Mm -hmm. And the rest of us don't know pony play. So we decided that for our masters, we were going to do pets on parade. Mm -hmm. And so we're in slave mode during the night. And we serve, and, you know, it's a, it's a nice high-protocol dinner and, and service. And, and then the slaves go downstairs to the basement, and the ponies get into their pony gear, and then the rest of us get into our gear. Mm-hmm. So I had my little kitty ears and my little kitty collar with the bell and my little kitty tail, and I came out as a kitty cat. Mm-hmm. Did not think I could do it. Did not understand role play. But once I shifted that energy from slave to kitty cat, and came up the stairs on all fours and then walked across the living room. Yeah, I was a prissy kitty. <laughs> so, and that was really, um, that was kind of neat. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I got to stretch out on the couch and the dominance would have to move me aside. And, and, uh, cause slaves don't sit on the couch, but kitty cat does what she wants to. And <laughs> she'd hiss at the ponies and play with the yarn with the other kitty cats. And it was, it was an experience, mm-hmm. but we only did it the one time. And, um, yeah, I've actually shifted like that before. We were talking about this before. I've shifted like that before in ritual. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's kind of like a, a shape-shifting thing. So it's really neat. There you go with your pagan thing again. I know. Uh, and I, I kind of dig it and I kind of don't dig it. Fortunately, uh, I mean, we... I kind of... It's like, for me, it's... Um, Yeah, so these big long pauses aren't really good for the podcast, probably. <laughs> Since I can't figure out how to describe it. So fortunately, we'll go right into the fact that we have uh, Michael and Slave Angie who mm-hmm. can describe it. We happened to meet Michael and Slave Angie at a leather event not too long ago. It was the Ash Bash it at was GLLA. The Ash Bash. I had mm-hmm. my first cigar. Yes. I'm still not a fan, by the way. <laughs> but um, they are both members of the Chicago community. And mm-hmm. uh, matter of fact, uh, Michael is the... Uh, Chicago Leather Club uh, vice president and Slave Angie is involved in uh, CLC as well, as well as being involved in LRA and some of the other um, clubs up there in, right in Chicago. In Chicago. Uh-huh. And I was quite surprised to find out that they have their uh, pet play as well. Yes, and they had a lot to, to talk about on it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very interesting. And they certainly educated us, and now maybe they will educate you as well. Mm-hmm. So tonight we are sitting here with Michael and Angie, and not only is uh, Michael one of the first people I've ever smoked a cigar with fairly recently, a few weeks ago at uh, Great Lakes Leather Alliance, uh, you guys are also into this thing that's called pet play, right? Yes. First off, thanks for being on the show, and thanks for talking to us about pet play. Because um, really, we're pretty clueless on this one. We, we tried it once, but I don't know if we got the hang of it. <laughs> so let's what, start what, off with... Uh, what did you do? What we do? We did a, a high-protocol dinner, and we had some of the group that were into pony play, so the rest of us picked a pet to be, and we were human pets on parade, and we kind of, like, morphed into our... Pets, kitty cats and stuff. But we only did it once. (laughs) So let me start off by asking you guys, um, what exactly is pet play and what does being a pet mean? Well, um, I'll let Angie speak from her perspective on that and then I can tell you my perspective. Angie? Well, being a pet, I don't consider myself a full time pet we engage in for us puppy play mm-hmm. and, it, and it's kind of a headspace that we can go in and out of it's a play space and it's a very playful space for me nice right so for me um i've been around several different types of what would be considered pet play um I've been around some fantastic pony play participants, um, and uh, I've also been at events where there were uh, animal farms um, or puppy pounds or, you know, kitten uh, corrals and that sort of thing. Um, For me, it involves changing my point of view from seeing her as a living, breathing human being to someone that has turned themselves into the animal that they want to be, and I treat them as such. Right, right. So um, let's say she was a puppy and hopped up on the couch and spread out on the couch like puppies do. 
So you would treat her like a puppy, and now is she also your submissive? Yes. Okay, so she would, like, leave submissive space, correct? And do what puppies do. When, or, when we engage in puppy play, I don't even really think about that. I'm right. playing. I'm being very playful and right. being a puppies so it's not like i leave a space or i put a hat on or take one off it's um kind of like having a scene okay here's your puppy collar now be puppy oh okay so michael how do you get into well all right well actually well first off what do you call it what's the headspace is it an owner or a trainer or a handler um, well, the, the whole subject of how I view headspaces is completely a, that's a whole other topic. I, I guess to, to make a long story short, I shift gears. Do, do, you, do you own dogs or cats? Uh, well, the cats own us, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're always a cat owner. Sometimes right. you got to pay attention to the cat. Other times they're just there. That's kind of what we do. Sometimes we'll pick up this thread and flow and we'll engage in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, dealing with her on that level. And then when we're done, we go back to what we normally do. It, it's it's kind of like a normal shifting of gears for me. Right. So, okay. Now, there's, you mentioned puppy play and, of course, we – are familiar we've seen the occasional cat and uh, mm-hmm. pony play of course is a separate little thing on its own uh we've even seen a bunny rabbit we've <laughs> seen a bunny but um can you i mean does pet play include i mean have you come across ever come across like foxes or pigs or even maybe mythological pets like a um, unicorn well, I, I mean, there's a whole subculture, you know, with furries and cosplayers and people that will act out these roles. Um, when we did the Animal Farm, I want to say in 2002 at um, one of the events here in Chicago, there was a little animal farm. So there was a cow and there was a pig and there were puppies and ponies and kitties and just people that you could interact with on those levels. Nice. It, it, was, it was pretty interesting. Some people you could tell were doing it just to kind of dress up. Mm-hmm. Other other people, their headspace would go right there, and they were, you know, once you were around them long enough, you picked up on that energy, and you really saw them as that creature. And that's what happens between us. Give us five minutes, and even though I, you know she's still my slave she's still my wife she's my puppy right so and see and i can my one experience with that i like i said we were at a high protocol dinner i was definitely in slave mode and then you know a slaves went downstairs and we kind of shifted into our costumes and got into headspace and when i came back upstairs i had chosen kitty cat and I really felt like Kitty Cat. I would never have sat on the couch during a high protocol dinner. But Kitty Cat got up on the couch and <laughs> had to be moved off by the dominant. <laughs> so it was just really interesting to me how that shifted. So what are some of the tools or activities or words or actions that you, that you use to put yourself into a, a pet space? And I guess where I come from at, at on that, and again, you know, I, I know you got 
an episode coming up soon where you're going to talk about headspace. I think I'm going to ask you to do, but you know, <laughs> um, making that shift to know to be okay with that style of play or that style of being. I think that's a good question for Angie to answer what works for her. Wow, that's a tough one. I think it's sometimes when I'm just feeling that kind of space or playful or whatever. And I'll, I'll sometimes I don't even realize it that I'm coming at him in that headspace. Sometimes it, it's even hard that he doesn't pick it up or... Um, or, or sometimes I'll find my arm has a pair of teeth attached, and I'll look <laughs> and I'll look down and I'll see two soulful eyes and a, and, a, and, a, and a wagging butt, and I'll realize, oh well, now I know who's here. <laughs> that happens. That was actually how we how we discovered this kind of play it was completely by accident. That way, yes. Nice. We were at IML. And we had seen, I am a puppy play in, in the um, gay leather community is quite a big subculture. Um, that's where you'll see the majority of puppy play happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have not ran into too many het puppy players. Um, seems like the majority of het people that we've met were more into the pony play. Right. But um, it, we'd seen it and she was just really excited by it. And I, I found it very neat and interesting and I liked the interaction and the energy. And shortly thereafter, it just kind of happened by accident. I got pounced on. <laughs> so do you feel like there's a, is it, is it, is there like a personal belief system on what being a pet means or is it really not that deep? Is it more of a, playful subconscious release or I'm going to let Angie answer that I think that's <laughs> I I think it is a very safe playful space where where you can just let the playfulness out safely Nice And for me um it's it, it's letting her kind of be a happy little playful puppy. And I know it's a safe space for her and it's fun to watch her and it's fun to interact. Um, however, having, I mentioned the, the pony people, um, a particular couple, I, I don't have Liberty to name their names, but they were very highly placed in that community. And the woman who was the, the pony this was deadly serious to her. She trained for it constantly. They had serious money invested in gear and equipment. Mm -hmm. And, um, they went to pretty swanky events that were set up for these things. And it was a very serious commitment and lifestyle for her. Okay. Now for us, it isn't, um, full-time puppy pet lifestyle. Some people do live like that with um, puppy beds and things like that all the time. I do not. I Well, I do have a puppy bed, but um, <laughs> there, it's not a mode I'm in 24-7. Okay. 
Now, see, I had not even realized that that was an option. That there, so there are people that that uh, try and practice this at a twenty four seven sort of situation. Yes. Wow. Yes. That would be interesting. They are full time pets, not necessarily a slave or a submissive, but right. they are their owner's pet. Hmm. Okay. Now, does your um, and again, you know, this is from a, a clueless perspective. Does your play ever involve sex, eroticism, sexuality? Yes. <laughs> do you do it doggy style? <laughs> oh. 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 There's a cage involved. <laughs> we we do have a specific place that we will go sometimes, which we call Naughty Puppy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty primal and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but usually when we go there, we know it ahead of time. We'll talk about that because it, it is a very different puppy space. Right, right. So wow. that's And I, yeah. I would have, I would imagine it's got a level of taboo attached to it too. So I could see the Does it? No, we no? That, that, okay. that's I actually had to wrestle that in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh they, I don't see it in that. Remember before when I said that I would switch gears and I would see her as the animal. When we go to the naughty puppy space, there's nothing like that. It, it, it's weird. It, it's more of like almost like two primal energies at that point. Mm. <laughs> it explain it. Yeah, it is. It is on a very primal level. Right. Okay. I guess you could call me the alpha dog at that point. Okay. okay, I like, okay. I like. <laughs> <I'm a dog. laughs> you know, what about at events or um, either small gatherings or large gatherings where people are engaged in in uh, pet or pet play? What uh-huh. about people that don't have partners? And somebody told me that they would be called ferals, and I'm not sure that's really a right term for that. But do, is it like, can you do this without a partner? The cat it thinks you can, apparently. But. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that at the Puppy Mosh at IML. We did have a cat come in, that, which was really funny. But um, we haven't seen a lot of pet play, puppy play. Mm-hmm. Right. So we really can't talk to that. Um, a lot of the gay puppy play is a very the male puppy play is a very different space yeah it's there you 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 have a much i think a much clearer defined role of um the handlers and the pups and the pups there are very much about playing with the other pups and wrestling and playing with the toys and getting treats which is common (laughs) to any puppy yes um but um, I have not seen in the gay leather community um, any what you called ferals. In fact, it's the first time I've ever heard that term. So we're learning something new as well. Um, and when we've tried to organize events, typically they've been – we've had couples attend. Okay. Okay. We have had – the we tried to put together a regular – Munch slash um, uh, p- uh, puppy party or 
you know, play party. Um, and uh, it wasn't for the lack of interest. I think it was just more of it's hard for people to get together to do this particular thing. We did have one person who visited us from Cleveland, um, and he was an unattached puppy at the time, and he just kind of played around with everybody. <laughs> okay. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> how, how, how would you get started? If, if, we, if Dawn and I were listening to this podcast and we said, wow, that really appeals to me. I've always wanted to let out my, my inner pig. How do, are there resources or books or websites that you recommend for people that want to get started? I think it's, I, if I can jump in, I think it's really individually what's fun between the couple. What what works between the couple. You you can get books on puppy play and things like that. And there's a lot of forums on FetLife and, and they share ideas. But really it's one kink one person's kink meshing with another. Well, that makes sense. Okay. And, you know, quite honestly, th- th- there's a huge, uh, you know, th- I hate to uh, stereotype it, but the furry subculture has done a lot of this already mm-hmm. where for them it's about being the animal in a, in, you know, a non-kink environment, whereas for us, you know, it, it's a little bit different you know, anybody could go there and certainly get to the resources that they need. Or, you know, if if you're so fortunate, there's Farm and Fleet and, you know, PetSmart. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> you know let, let your imagination go wild. That's what we did. I mean, we, we, we don't have a lot of the gear that we see the uh, uh, puppy boys have with the gloves for the hands and the fancy masks. And, and things of that nature. There are some safety things that we've tried to incorporate, like knee pads and making sure, you know, how she walks doesn't strain her wrists or her back. Oh, okay. um, but um, other than that, I mean, you know, collar, leash, dish, treats, you're good to go. Rolled okay. up newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Angie, do you have a puppy name or is, does that work like that? Um, Michael named me, and my puppy name is Shelly. Okay. I I probably get, the funny thing is, I probably get a lot of cues from our puppy. <laughs> He's a chocolate lab, and he has a huge sense of humor, and he definitely fits our personalities. <laughs> well, I, if you don't mind, I got one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. What's Shelly's favorite treat? Oh, geez, Smarties. Yes. <laughs> nice. In fact, oh, in Smarties fact, I, are pretty damn good. I might beg for some Smarties. Those things are good. Yeah. I just found a bag and I got the soulful eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you very much for chatting with us today. And um, very much appreciate it. And we, I feel a little more enlightened about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And other than that, Shelly, heal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Very much appreciate it. (laughs) So for our first game review, we are sitting Mm -hmm. here on a bed, Mm -hmm. and we are looking at the game called Unpredictable. Yes. So this game does allow um, two or more players, Mm -hmm. but it's very much um, 
acceptable or usable by just two people. Yeah, it seems to be. So, and I love the pictures on it. Um, the directions are clear and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the only one that, I mean, the, the directions, there, there's like five steps. But there's actually one that's near the end that because of the way we read the directions to each other, I would actually put that direction a little further up to the top. It is the classic read the directions before you get started. Yes. Which instead we got we read one step and we, we just did it along the way. Right. So what we end up with, so the interesting things is what happens is you go through this set of cards. And they're, they're beautiful cards. I mean, they're, they're hand-drawn and they're very... Um, um, descriptive, mm-hmm. just by pictures. <laughs> I'm going to guess there's somewhere between 40 or 50 cards. Maybe there's even mm-hmm. 52, like a classic deck. Could be. And each card represents some activity that you can do. So just at random, we will pull out. There's uh, Now, this one is very sexual. This one is intercourse-based. This is tie somebody up. This is intercourse-based. Then we have finger-sucking and <laughs> tonsil hockey. Um... A 69, but there's also some stuff that is not as... Yeah, uh, there's um, there's one called Groom the Beaver, which is about shaving shaving someone's pussy. Mm-hmm. There's a Tickle Kisses. So there's some that don't involve um, intercourse. There's or penetration or at penetration. all. Or penetration, yep. There's nipple licking, and there's just spooning. There's mm-hmm. a card for spooning. Eye gazing. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of variety in the different cards. If you want a game that will allow you to get really nasty, there's some directly pretty sexual stuff in here. But if you, there's also stuff in here that is very um, more like the eye-gazing and kissing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is, so what happens is as you go through, you can have two people. You and I just tried the two-player version. You could do the same thing with three, four people, and each person gets a selection of cards, and they pick of those cards in their hands, they say, oh, here's one that I want to keep out. Mm-hmm. So you go that way until everybody's got a deck, a handful of cards. Right. And then everybody in the group gets to go through the handful of cards, and they pick something out. So right. you end up with this very diverse mm-hmm. set of activities. Right. So if everybody has something in their hand that is non-penetrative, and the group is of the mindset that they want to do something that's non-penetrative, those are the cards that are chosen for the activity of the evening mm-hmm. so or you know it, it's all different levels but so so let's go through our as we went through and played the game we uh-huh. end up with and at the end of this you end up with four activities that you're going to participate in right now Dawn and I are playing the two-player version so she and I will be the people participating in these activities mm-hmm. unless room service stops by <laughs> but uh so what are we doing we are doing a three-minute intimate gazing and that is a, your basic Tantra eye gazing. Yes. And then um, we, but we, uh, one of us chose the card Naughty Girl, which is, uh, looks like it's an over-the-knee spanking. There are probably two BDSM cards in this deck of 52. I think I saw two. And you managed to find one. Yes, I did. Good for you. <laughs> and then there's the card Tit for Tat, which is um, fucking the girl's boobs. I picked that one. Tit fucking, yes. Yay. And then tight twat. So, and this would be, I'm assuming her legs are closed, you're on top. So, yeah, tight twat. So, as you can see, you know, we ended up with a a level of activities that start with the intimate gazing and become a little bit more, you know, something that we like, which is Mm -hmm. spanking. 
Um, the eye gazing. And, and, then, the, and then that moving into something, you know, a little more. Uh, it moves into, at the end, it moves into fucking, but not just fucking. Right. But the tight twat style. Mm-hmm. I have, okay, so I'm going to say that I'm giving this one a thumbs up, especially if you're in a relationship where you're like, uh, gee, what do you want to do next? Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. You know, what do you want? You want to just screw tonight? Or this would be a great way to try some new stuff and to also allow yourself to be open enough. You know, to say, ooh, I want to suggest we try something a little mm-hmm. different, you know. Um, there was some stuff in here that I actually had not heard called this before. So, I mean, of course, there's one, give me a hand, which is about fisting. Missionary, I threw that one out really fast when I got it. But there was, um, there's one that makes me giggle every time I see it. It's called the Rusty Trombone. <laughs> I'd never heard of that before. So... So the game is Unpredictable from mm-hmm. Sex is Fun Games. And we will put a link out to that on the show notes. I am giving the game Unpredictable a thumbs up. Absolutely. So, And then we'll try the cards later and, and, and we'll let you know if the, the, the results <laughs> of it was a thumbs up too. Well, that's more about our performance than it well, is about true. the game. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Don. This is Robert. I'm in uh, the Bay Area in California. And uh, just heard your podcast. Loved it. I'm amazed that finally I found somebody else who has similar interests and thoughts like I do. And I think you guys do a wonderful job. And keep up the good work. Coming up next week. Erotica. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Erotic Awakening is proud to support the Leather Heart Foundation, a nonprofit organization created to provide charitable assistance to individuals of all sexual orientations in the leather, BDSM, and fetish community. You can donate or find out more at leatherheart.org. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Sarah Sloan appears on Erotic Awakening courtesy of Love Your Parties. Find out more about Love Your Parties and Sarah Sloan at www.sarahsloan.net. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.